Yeah, you can swear. Do whatever you want. I won't swear, like. Well, welcome. Welcome and thanks Thank for you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very... So, what, I, I mean, I can read your introduction from Wikipedia, or oh. <laughs> you could just tell me, like, give a little introduction as to who you are, why people might know you, and then, like, we'll talk about transition into okay. your amazing fitness That's career. Far better than Wikipedia. Wikipedia always says that I support two different football teams and it changes from one to the other, Chesterfield FC and Sheffield Wednesday. And I actually don't care about football at all in, in the slightest in the world. I don't even... Oh, like really? Do, yeah. do you know you're also worth a million dollars? Dollars? See, I don't <laughs> know what that means because, like, you know, if you ask companies house, they'll tell you that's a load of shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um I am Lucy Spraggan and I am a singer-songwriter. I've been playing shows since I was 12 years old and writing my own music since I was 10. But in 2012, I went on a TV show called X Factor for a laugh. And um, my audition, which was a song about getting absolutely smashed, ended up being the fourth most watched video in the world that year. And um, I was the most Googled artist of 2012. They're my two only accolades, like so. That's they're why they're I know pretty I can... big. That's <laughs> cool, isn't it? Um, it? But a cat playing the piano beat me to the first. Oh, uh, it was well, in the top three modes. Yeah, yeah. It really showed me my insignificance in this world. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Although I think a good place to start would be like you keep joking to me that your industry's dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> I, um, my therapist said you always say really serious things while you're laughing <laughs> yeah it's the best way I find it's probably the worst yeah. thing um yeah talk a little bit about that because I was thinking and obviously I know absolutely nothing about the music industry although I was also very interested by the things you're putting up this morning about the gender differences which is yeah. crazy, which we can come on to. But I was sort of thinking that during lockdown would be like a really creative time for people potentially because you can't, you're not traveling around, you've not got all these other things going on. So is that a time where people might feel more inspired to write more songs? Like, do you see, well, I guess, A, from your own standpoint, has that been some, like a time where you've been able to write more? Or, and also, do you think there's going to be a hell of a lot coming out afterwards? Because that's been a really, like, a space where people can write. Or has the complete opposite happened and you've been like, I have no... <laughs> well, no. I've already said I will not be listening to anyone's songs about lockdown. Like, I just will not. I will not, like, entertain that. The lockdown albums. Oh, the lockdown <laughs> session. Shut up. But... So, yes, I recorded, I wrote quite a lot of songs in the first beginning, like part of lockdown. And I actually recorded my album in the very, very north of Scotland in isolation. Um, so I quarantined and my producer quarantined and I went up to Scotland and stayed in this cottage and we recorded the vocals up there. And I, I have a camper van. So like on my way up, like even use my camper van toilet. Like, I had no interaction with the outside world. Wow. Recorded the record and then came back down. Um, Where in Scotland actually, were you? Uh, I can't say it, but it's like, take a break. Okay, I, d I don't think even I could say that. It's really uh, far, far away. Wait, what made, did you, did you just want to get away? Is that what you normally do when you write, like go away somewhere? No, his studio is normally in London, but um, he has the studio in Scotland that he uses like sometimes. Um, but when the pandemic hit London, he was like, I'm off, I'm going, I'm um. going, like a lot of people did. So I ended up there. That was creative, that was great. And yes, I've written a lot of songs and there's a lot of time to reflect on yourself. And as a creative person, that is a great thing. However, I'm a touring artist, right? And as we were saying about the radio stuff, I've only ever been playlisted on one playlist. That was the last single I released. And, you know, I'm 29. I've been doing this since I was 12. For the last eight years, I've been in the public eye, in inverted commas. That's the first playlisted song I've ever had. Um, 
so I rely, so I don't rely on stream streaming and, and I don't rely on radio income. I tour, I tour Europe twice a year, I tour England twice a year and I tour America twice a year. So, and I do festivals, festival season is like my, one of my bread and butter things. So what is crazy is that yes, from a creative way, it's such a, like an enlightening thing. A lot of people don't have a lot to write about. So having to go fully internal and be with yourself for four months is a great thing. But from business perspective, it's completely torn the model of my uh, career apart. Mm. Which is why, in fact, well, we come on to this. So I guess one of the reasons I want to get you on is because you've had an amazing transformation. And a huge part of that was giving up alcohol, right? Yes. Yeah. That was the absolute, like, that was the very beginning of realizing that like I needed well I realized that I needed to change a lot about my life and that started with alcohol and as soon as the alcohol was removed there was this space for something and I didn't know what it was and it turned out it was just like fitness all fitness yeah so we've been only working together for about three weeks and usually when people move into like a more building muscle phase like you don't see massive changes and then when I saw you like two weeks into it I was like holy hell it just shows what you can do when you start like really fueling your body as well and I would call I you a super responder for sure like you get yes. some people that just like respond really well and you misses super responder I think one of the secrets is that um anybody who gives up alcohol it gives up alcohol because they have an issue with moderation mm-hmm. and um my issues with moderation spread across all the relationships in my life. So like alcohol relationships with people, I've had issues trying to moderate how much of myself I attach to that person. I have moderation issues with food. Um, and then when it's come to fitness, it's, it's actually at the beginning, I was doing way too much. Like I hurt myself because of the issues with moderation I just flipped that into running a half marathon every week plus smaller runs um and then I sort of like harnessed it and and actually fitness and food are the first things I've been able to harness in my life control wise and that's that's a true that's a true fact Mm. I think when a lot of people don't realize that about themselves do they that like I'm I am very much like that but once you realize that you are a bit of a like all or nothing mentality type of person but also realize that you can like you say harness that in the right way and I think a lot of people think about their personal attributes like oh I'm all or nothing as in that's just who I am no no you can change that you can realize that actually that's not serving you in certain aspects of your life and you need to moderate that, as you say. So that's really interesting. Was there like a pivotal moment for you in terms of giving up alcohol? Yes, there was a pivotal, pivotal moment with giving up alcohol and with the fitness, actually, like where both a coin just like, like flipped. The f- alcohol was, was going a really rough patch through my marriage. I'd been in like a five and a half year relationship and that was breaking down. I was married and I was like... I'd been on tour for like 13 months coming back for short periods of time and I realized that like I'd been drinking every night from for like the last at least six months not like waking up and drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels like having a couple of beers after a show or actually started being like a couple of beers before a show which I've I've never done throughout my career ever and then I went out on this night out in this festival behind there's a festival in the field behind my house because I live in the middle of nowhere and like same old I just got back from a show which was in Butte so I'd come all the way down from the top of Scotland or got back I was like where's the drinks at nailed all the whiskey that there was went to this festival at the back like my ex was there with us through this weird relationship point and all of our friends were there and there was massive drama my friend got in a fight I got in a fight which is ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous and I woke up the next day I I pushed my t- brand new television off off a set of drawers and smashed it 
And I woke up and I was like, I am not fucking doing this anymore. And I've not had a drink since then. Wow. That's... Because I was just like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? And I had no idea who I was. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So a couple of things I wanted to ask about giving up alcohol. And I think it must be, I think you're an amazing example because it would be quite easy for me to give up alcohol for various reasons, but even just within fitness, like it's, it's kind of accepted if you don't want to drink. But in your industry, like that's quite a big part of, you know, people go to festivals, like most people are drinking at least. And like, I guess that's kind of part of it. So have you found, or now I'm thinking about this timeline, like have you been on tour and stuff completely sober? Yeah, I did a 36 date tour, October, November, sober. And um, it was it was fine. That was kind of, I'd started October, November. I, I, I'd started toying with the ideas of saying to my tour manager, can you book hotels with gyms for this tour? Because it was a smaller tour, so we weren't on a tour bus. And, um, and I'd like, I'd go and sit in a gym like in the morning. And be like, well, I don't know what to do in here. <laughs> I just fall back out. Um, but like, I swapped my rider to non-alcoholic beers, which I drink a lot of, like non non-alcoholic stuff that tastes like alcohol because I like the taste of alcohol. And is it actually like quite sociable? Does yes. does non-alcoholic beer? Does it? Oh, okay, mm. good ones. But like, say, f- even three years ago, non-alcoholic beers were useless and just tasted like disgustingness. And like Bex Blue, no, let's not have Bex Blue. That's really, that's like buying protein powder from a pound shop. Like, it's not, it's not a good yeah, idea. Not, not great. Um, but when you say that about in my career, it's really interesting. I've never ever had to pay for alcohol in my life. I get, I get, I would get sent bottles of cider, crates, crates and crates and crates to the point where I had to give it away like festivals there'll be a regular rider that's got a, bot- a bottle of whiskey bottle of rum bottle of vodka bottle of like it's free alcohol is free that and in the beginning of your career as a musician when you're not getting paid which is how you start the currency is alcohol oh come to my pub or my place i'll sort you out with some beers it's the currency yeah. it's how musicians musician Oh, that's so interesting. So yeah, I guess it I, it must have been, it would probably be even harder if you'd been sober at the start. But did you, do you feel like you've lost friends or people have been like, the standard comment is like, you're boring now. You've changed. You're boring now that you don't drink all the time. There are friends who I know actively avoid me because they, well, this is the mad thing. This is like, because I've gone so far on the spectrum. Yeah, I was the friend who was like, "You're not drinking, well, I'm not going out. I'm not going out with you." Or like, I would have, I would have bought a shot for someone that wasn't drinking, and I accept that I was that person. And when people do that to me, I want to punch them in the face as hard as I can, in the throat, in the windpipe. Yeah, and I think it's like it, you enjoy alcohol, right? And you enjoy the taste, mm-hmm. which is why you drink like non-alcoholic beer and stuff. That must be even harder because you probably miss it. Yeah, a hundred. Like, I, it's weird actually because what I miss and what it took me a long time to realize that this is what I miss is like the fact that you can drink and just not really care. So you can be, even if you're going out on a night out, right? In this country, in our culture, we're like, oh, somebody's died. Better go and get a drink. Someone's had a baby. Oh, let's go and get a drink. You graduated. Let's go and get a drink. And we rarely stop for a second to be like, well, well done. You've, you know, that took a lot of effort to graduate. Like, how do you feel about it? Or like, you've had this baby who's going to come and change your entire existence. Instead of us going out and getting absolutely wasted, maybe for a second we should stop and be like are you all right like Mm. you've just brought a human into the world and so what I miss which is like indulgent of me to miss it is the fact that I have to sit with everything all the time now I I have to like have emotions and deal with them which is also a blessing but sometimes not 
Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine, doesn't that mean that you can write better as well? Yeah. Oh, this album. Feel. All my other albums are useless. Guys, you heard it here first. Get this album. Yeah. This is the one. It, oh, there's at least three songs that mention running as well. <laughs> but some people use that to numb their feelings as well. Like I, as you know, have had a really bad back for a year. And I realized that I numb so much of my emotion. Just like, if I'm sad, I go to the gym. If I'm happy, I go to the gym. If I'm like at a loss end, I go to the gym. Like anything that is a feeling that maybe I don't even want, like I don't want to sit with. And some people numb it with food. Like what you're doing with food, alcohol, exercise, whatever it is, is often numbing your emotion. That doesn't mean that every time you go to the gym, you're going to numb your emotions. But I did notice it was a tool that I was using. So it has been interesting again that like I have to now sit with those feelings. That is really great. I've never thought of that comparison. That is very deep, actually. Yeah. It is deep. Um, and it's, it's funny that you say that because with writing, writing's like, um, so like I always say, what do people do if they don't write songs about their emotions? Where do they put that? Because that's what I've always done. And it's funny because fit, fitness for me, so I, I can't go to, I can't run or go to the gym if I'm angry or sad I just can't oh. I'm like, I have to get, get myself into a place where I'm happy because I don't want the gym to become my um like oh I'm really fucked off so I'm gonna go and do this out of spite because there's only certain without being too deep and it's always a person isn't it there's certain one person who manages to press my fuck it button at the moment and I don't want to enable that spite and that p- p- constant prodding to me to become part of my the thing that I love so much. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think with people like you, and I've got other clients like this who love training, like if you have a day where you're like, oh, I'm just not feeling it today, don't go. Like don't force, like there's some people who need to force themselves to go to the gym a bit, but there's other people who it's like, if you don't feel it, and you're not going for the right reasons, like don't go because normally for like 99% of the time you want to go. Oh, 100%. My girlfriend, my girlfriend came to the gym with me the other day and I was like, oh my God, before I went to bed, I was like, (laughs) she she really annoys me because she's uh, like stacked. She's um, not, not stacked. She's totally ripped. She has the most like incredible, like gymnastic train. Ah. and she can do anything but she doesn't go to the gym she if you put us both together you'd be like you train the same oh I hate people like that yeah. <laughs> it's really, so, you, so it's would you though. want her to come to the gym with you or do you quite like that being separate no I was excited that she came to the gym just because like I, I love being there mm. so I was like and a lot of stuff mm. that me and my friends do so like my friends come around we do some working out and then we'll go and do like outdoor stuff go ape aqua park stuff or like even running because like what we said about friends and circles those circles have changed Mm -hmm. because like I was six months over for new year's eve and I went out and was just like oh it was with some friends that like I would normally be absolutely fine with and it was difficult yeah and so yeah, you have to you change think... those circles and I guess when people say like you've changed they normally try and like that's meant to be a negative but like people are meant to change and and it seems like you, well like, I would say like you've definitely changed for the better and you're bettering yourself by doing that and so people should support that but it often comes back to like you've spoken about this before but like fit shaming where it's there's something it's like is it that they wish they could do something similar and that's like the pushback that they're giving is oh and you've gone too far like you you didn't used to be like this yeah because I used to be drunk every night exactly and miserable I wanted to kill myself at one point and no one was like oh you you kind of seem like you want to kill yourself like it wasn't I was very visibly and like, you know, physically visibly, mentally, like you could see, like my music was dark 
as as anything no one said anything but do you know what it is it's not even fitness shaming that's just the way that it comes out it's like it's um so the thing is with me like I've always been this kind of I do say what I think and like I can't help that I wish sometimes I did have something a big fist to put in my mouth before I said things but I say what I think very vocally I have never really given a shit about what I put into my body and I was a bit of a slob and like I went out and got absolutely wasted and I got more wasted than everybody else I never stopped I had this like no limit and I didn't care about myself and I think for a lot of people like me I would look for other people that did that so that I could think it was okay yeah normalize so that I could yeah normalize and look at them as a like oh well they do it's fine like oh yeah she thinks it's funny that she pissed the bed on tour that's that's funny you know what i mean it's not yeah. funny yeah do you, so do you think you had to change your whole identity because this is something i see quite a lot with clients is that maybe they were always the quote unquote fat friend and now they're not that person anymore but they, it's almost like they have to change it within themselves first so i do this with quite a lot of clients who I don't know, like you call yourself an athlete and when you, when you think like, what would an athlete do? And I'm going to do the behaviors that an athlete would do. Like, would an athlete go out and get drunk? No. Would they get up in the morning and make sure that they're fueling themselves right? Yes. Like, and even Mm. little choices that you make, like, is that what is my identity? Is that what I want to be? Like, I'm an athlete now. So would I do that? No. And it's almost easier to make those choices. I think I've just been like a, I'm just exactly the same but I have tried to work on all these flaws so like I've picked flaws out of places and replaced them with other things but I don't think I'm following any kind of template honestly like I I have ADHD I don't think about things for very long at all ever (laughs) so I'm like obviously you almost have you ever tried meditating or journaling (laughs) yes because I, I mean, writing songs is journaling, isn't it? Like, as you were saying that, I was thinking, actually, a lot of people do now realise the benefit of something like writing songs, which for most people is journaling because we're not articulate enough to write actual songs. I have tried, I, yes. Meditating is really hard for me. It is actually hard. I know it's hard for everybody, but, like, my brain, I have quite intrusive thoughts anyway, so I'll have... With my ADHD, I don't know, I might even have a bit of obsessive compulsive personality disorder undiagnosed, but I've done a bit of research. I have these sort of like thoughts that just pop into my head. They're not even thoughts, they're images. And so like, like last night I was lying in bed and this green background, a white cropped Adidas top with Adidas logos where the nipples were, were just bam in my brain for one second and then gone. And I lay there and I laughed. My girlfriend was like, what? And I was like, I just had like an intrusive image of just a Adidas crop t-shirt with the Adidas logos on the nipples. Like, <laughs> I'm so, you know, I, I don't know if you are, oh, this is, this story is going to be crap because I can't remember the name of the show, but someone suggested I watch this show. So like, it's amazing. It's so funny. It's so good. And it's so like, it also sort of touches on some mental health aspects. And it was the, like I watched half an episode and I was like, it's the fucking weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was like this girl who kept having, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, images of it. That was what I was like. I have obsessive compulsive personality disorder. <laughs> so that anyway, was the program. Any, what was it called? Don't know, but that's I the program know, that I watched. In the, the program, there was like this girl, and she just kept having images of like people having sex and stuff. But it was like she was at what was it like her mum's 60th and doing a talk, and then everyone was just like having sex in like really just like her parents ways. and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Yeah welcome to my I was watching it and I was like that is not that is my brain that's my brain but do you know what I, I'm thinking that would be the worst thing like to that extent that that person had it like some of the stuff <laughs> from that show I have had intrusive thoughts about and so like sexually like they happen all the time I've been in the middle of things and they've been like, I wonder how many shades of blue there are. Like, that. <laughs> and I could see. Yeah, but that's like going the other way. Like, you're meant to be thinking about sex. And you're like, oh. 
Well, that's the Why thing. Is the most sky time, blue? It's like what, uh, whatever you should be thinking about. It just tries to oh, give you something yeah. different. However, I know it's a long-winded way of saying that meditation is really difficult, but it is because I, I, it's not that my brain wanders. It's that there is a part of my brain that just does whatever the fuck it wants. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I'll try and remember the the name of that. I can't show. remember what it's called. I want to Google it. Uh, you'll find it. What, but what do you even Google? Show where girl. I'm gonna. Fi- I'm gonna find it because when I was watching it, I was just like, I turned to. I think my girlfriend was there at the time. She was like, "That is fucking you," and I was like, "I fucking know." <laughs> That's so funny. compulsive personality disorder um show bbc yeah it was definitely bbc like one of those i don't know uh, age. did you have a great coming out story no uh, my like my mum's so liberal and great when it comes to the homos she um <laughs> the homos she, she like I took my first steps in her best friend's house who was trans um and like she took us all to pride when we were Aww. tiny she's she's a big fag hag my mum but she um she she remembers a different story to me that's how insignificant it was oh why what I remember going into her room and saying I hate this girl from school and I went my girlfriend's prettier than her anyway and like turned on my heel and walked out really dramatically <laughs> and she remembers me walking up the driveway just going I'm gay I'm gay <laughs> both are pretty great to be fair both could have been me as well so did you find the thing no no I've We'll put it in the show notes. Right, you ready for some... So I put this on Instagram. You ready for some quick fire? Yeah. Do I have to answer quickly like it's quick fire rounds? No. You can elaborate if you want to elaborate. Okay, the first one, which you might want to elaborate on a little bit, is running advice. This is such a varied... uh, Yeah, it's quite a... (laughs) There's there's a spectrum here. Yeah. One is like putting some shoes on and the other is uh, step one step stretching. <laughs> Apply socks um, to feet. Running advice. My the only running advice that I had got was from my stepdad, who has run a bit, I don't know. Uh he said try and keep try and stay on the balls of your feet, which has turns out to be absolute fucking nonsense. <laughs> so don't do that. And he said, don't stop, which is actually being my mantra. Don't stop. Um, but at some so point, actually, you should probably stop. Do stop. Do stop. But like most of the time don't when your body is when you is first saying, want to stop. Yeah, exactly. Most of the time when your body is telling you to stop, that's not the time to stop. Actually, when your body is, and your brain is saying, no, keep going. That's when you're like, actually, I should stop now. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you feeling well mentally as well as physically? I would say that I feel the most like mentally clear. The, the mental clarity that has come with, I don't know whether it's sobriety or fitness or a combination. It is a combination of the two. I just feel the most mentally well and in control of my emotions than I ever have been. Mm. So, yeah. Do you think therapies help with that as well? I actually stopped going after a bit. Uh, I, I moved house. I, I find um, reasons to stop doing things. That's one of the things I'm trying to work on. <laughs> but yeah, it did actually. And I intend to go back. Yeah. And it, it, did you just do like a block then? Like a block, like a period of time? Yeah, I just kept, I was seeing this woman like every couple of weeks, I think. But I'm not even really sure how good it was. I don't know. Yeah. I always wonder and also do you know what I what I struggle with with therapy and I've spoken to people about this before and do you listen to Brené Brown podcast have you heard of her no no everyone's quite like whoo she's amazing at the moment and and some of the stuff she says I am like wow that's like a clicking thing but there's so much if you go and listen to it with like quite a critical mind I listened to the one of her and Oprah last night and 
they they really big each other up like i could say literally anything i could be like like if we were talking about something popping into your head or something i'm like yeah that's from like childhood trauma or something and then they'd just be like oh my god stop i just got chills that is what <laughs> it's from like you have nailed it like i can't believe like that's that is changing and you just think actually because you know when you're listening to a podcast you sort of like get carried away that you're like oh my god this is and then if you just think is it amazing though is that what's happening and i i think my issue with some of the stuff therapists say and some of the stuff like more psychology researchers say is they say it as if it's fact but it's not and it's not the same for everyone and you might not feel a certain way because of a certain thing or you might have had huge trauma and not have responded in the way that research has said that you're going to respond in the way. And I just think as interesting as it is, and, and I, I like the discussions because it makes me question myself and my own beliefs and how I am and what I might want to change. But I don't, I think sometimes it's like too factual. Mm, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's kind of like going into an old building with Derek and Cora you know from um most haunted or whatever it's called oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and him having a little like machine and he's like oh guys i can hear a ghost in here and and then you get really scared and you're like oh my god yeah my god i can hear it as well i feel there's a presence yeah. if you if you have enough hype about something then sometimes you're like oh god yeah and then when you leave you're like there wasn't a fucking ghost in that room yeah or it's but, like, like i'm with questions you as well isn't it i yeah, always find exactly. this with um with when I've been to physios they're like oh okay well that feels much better doesn't it and you're not going to be like no <laughs> you're always like I see, oh my god yes, yeah. yes. that's uh, it that, how was your meal yeah it was great thanks it's like yeah. yeah I know that's not even a leading question but you like your condition to never be like it was awful <laughs> well actually but, like, you said it was vegan and now I've been sick all night <laughs> <laughs> literally that that is the thing with therapy is therapists are human beings that same therapist I actually went in because of my road rage my stress <laughs> yeah I know this is hilarious this is absolutely hilarious. oh I find road rage so interesting it's a thing she tried to explain it to me briefly uh but my stress live stress accumulates itself into road rage and it's I funny find it interesting. I drive like, a van. <laughs> say, say I cut you off and you went absolutely mental, but then I like we both parked next to each other or something. I opened the door. Like you would never, you would never say that to me. Well, I hope not. Anyway, but like there's I this would. like there's this like box though, isn't there? That people go mental in. Then you just think like that has made no difference to your life that someone has cut in before you. And you, I, I, I've. If I was to look at it in a rational way, I'd be like, what? Like, absolutely. Do not react. Do not react. But somebody cut me up the other day twice and I beat my horn and she like pulled up. She brake in front of me and she like slid the car in front of my van. And I was like, oh shit, bitch, you're messing with the wrong fucking road rage fault here. And I pulled, I pulled it onto the curb and I wound down my window and I was like, I just stared at her and she got out of her car and like I just went I I don't even know what I said but I was like fucking come on like I screamed in her fucking face I and this is so not me it's so not me and I went to open my door and she ran off back into her car so there is an example there of yes maybe she has the like half-assed road rage but I was absolutely willing to engage in battle um it's uncontrollable and then one day i see that um therapy's worked really well for you then well this is the thing (laughs) the last time i went to see my therapist she came in she was all flustered and she was like the man downstairs keeps arguing with me about where i'm parking and i was like oh oh so you're human as well (laughs) exactly i was like you get pissed off about cars too oh that is interesting Okay, um, yeah. I'm not going to ask that one. Well, everyone's going to think I'm a cock now. I am no. a bit when it comes to road rage. <laughs> I ride a motorbike though as well. And when I'm on my bike, I have no, there is none of that. There's no, oh, no really? space for ego. Yeah, because 
there's only one time I've got off my got off my bike, which is where a woman genuinely nearly killed me, and I pulled in front of her because she was like ah, out the window with her fingers up at me. I fucking pulled it, pulled up in front of her, turned around, got off my bike, but my bike is matte black, my helmet is, and all my leathers are. And I just turned around to walk towards her, and she was like, "Oh shit!" and drove off really quick. <laughs> um, but on the bike, you don't have any time for ego. You'll just die. Yeah, you'll just. Have you? How long you have can't, you had your bike? Uh, like three. I've had this bike for like three years. It's the first proper big bike that I've got. Hmm. Okay. Uh, someone just says that they love you. That's nice. Ah, I love them too. Um. What's? Oh, this is a good one. What's the end goal? Get bulkier, maintain maintain current fitness level, or do a decathlon? those are your three options <laughs> yes i'm going oh. to enter the male olympics and uh do the decathlon i uh i have no interest in um anything to do with swimming or cycling uh ever but that's a so, triathlon no i know i was just saying so i was like thinking about oh, like, right, what you'd groups of exercises in the future because people have been saying iron man vibes and i'm just like mm, no swimming for me thanks or yeah. biking not, but what you don't like um, you go on a motorbike but not cycle i will cycle but she doesn't give me anything mm. maybe i'm not doing it right i find it really painful down there like ridiculously i can't do like Have longer you... than even with the pat even with the like sh- cycling shorts no not for me um what is the end goal the end goal for me is to just like well there is no end goal why do we all have to have end goals all the time what a ridiculous notion why can't we change and fluctuate throughout our entire lives my goal is to not be unhappy ever again i think that would be the answer I love um, and fitness is is a big part of that and i don't i I, yeah, I, wh- when people say to me, be careful of cross addiction, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Lift too many weights, Susan. <laughs> like, cross addiction, me nearly dying through alcohol and drug abuse is quite a big thing, yes, but nobody said to me then, you should stop drinking and abusing substances. Like, yeah. it is ridiculous that people are more likely to tell you to exercise less than they are to tell you to to drink less <laughs> it is yeah it's not it, it's a very weird thing to have had like to have experienced firsthand honestly but yeah it's to um i'll do whatever i want thank you very much in answer to that question i will be <laughs> fit, fitter and healthier <laughs> i love that i do whatever i want okay yeah. this isn't a question it just says lucy looks amazing true um Oh, well, we've done mental change. I've done a lot of mental change, Emma. Yeah. Oh, someone's asked if your tour in November is still going ahead. Well, I'm not supposed to say this to you, but no, it's not. It's not been <laughs> announced, but no, it's not going ahead. And neither is Australia. It's been oh, re-postponed. So, um, Where was yeah, November probably get in trouble. UK, yeah, in the UK, yeah, it's like a pretty big tour. It will be postponed that though. To we have your album, yeah, yeah. So, um, will you launch it without the tour, or am I, I asking mean, questions it, that you're not meant to answer? I'm not meant to answer that, but if there are any whizzes, brain whizzes out there, um, probably put two and two together and wait for my label to say anything. Um, It's a big shame, but COVID's fucking everything up. And funnily enough, one of the big things that is a massive problem for us is that the production of vinyl has been massively affected. The, I, I, there's something to do with the production line of vinyl across Europe has completely halted and we sell a lot of vinyl. So, um, yeah. Interesting. But you heard it it here first. Yeah. It has left you with time to develop your app which I'm sure people will exactly. want to hear about. 
Well, it's so, also left giving me time to just like look after myself, which I've never done in my life. So it's great. Yeah, I think um, lockdown has done that for a lot of people, like giving people a bit of a yeah. chance to step back and, and maybe assess like things that aren't serving them anymore or things that they don't enjoy anymore. Like I've had quite a lot of clients who have changed jobs or decided that they're, they don't like their job or they don't like the way they're living and they're not going to go back to doing the same thing. Or sometimes I think you realize how burnt out you are when you stop and then you're like, I'm never doing that again. Like I'm going to make time for myself. So it's I very it's- make or break. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, I was like reading about meal replacement things because, uh, meal, like Herbalife and stuff makes me want to die. So, oh um, oh, you're going to be like, cause, uh, I'm a Herbalife. <laughs> actually, Huel sent me a message on Instagram yesterday saying that they've got a new product. Would they mind sending it to me? And I was about to be like, uh, and then I was like, yeah, actually send it to me. So I'm going to really honestly, like take a look at what it is that, that their product see what it is if i can i see the thing with meal replacement stuff that really pisses me off is like you can't live you we could right on your space shakes that astronauts should only really be having it's not it's not a consistent way of living you're not learning about what you're putting into your body so it's really just not helping you um, unless you want to live off like this grey or pink sludge for the rest of your life. But the, one of the things that really irritates me about it is one of their USPs is, do you, you don't have time to eat lunch. Well, listen, if you haven't got time to eat lunch, you're, gonna, you're not going to die because you're like fat. You're just going to die because your life is fucked. If you haven't got time to eat lunch, you're fucked. You're not going to survive. Also, it's so quick. Like, even if you're just everywhere has a decent option now like grab a salad from somewhere eat some actual food get some fiber down you like the thing is some of these products i've looked at them aren't that bad anymore like as in there's a bit of protein in there whatever but do you want to like be the same as having like a chicken salad all whizzed up in a thing and then just chugging it down like you you are still allowed to enjoy food food while you lose weight I totally agree. And it's like, I've learned so much about food that I can't, I don't really believe anyone can eyeball calories, right? You can't eyeball something and be like, well, that's got, you, you can. But once you start learning about macronutrients and that, you, you can do it, you can make your choices so much better. So like, oh, I know that this has got this much protein in it and that's carbohydrate. And like, that's going to be quite fatty. So like maybe have less of this or, and you can kind of control it what you're having for your body instinctively if you rely on whatever is being sent to you and you're shaking up in a bottle you when you go out for dinner you go fuck it oh i'll have i'll have the ribs because it's meat ribs are fine for me like you know i'll just have the ribs i'll have i'll just eat meat because meat's really good for you yeah that's what i used to think oh i'll just have a i'll have a i'll just have a steak and some potatoes yeah but you'll have a fucking 12 ounce steak yeah it's been it's been cooked in oil and blah blah blah. oil (laughs) yeah yeah it all adds up doesn't it and i guess your point at the start was like spot on like it doesn't teach you anything and long term like people say it works as well so they're like oh it works i did it for six weeks and i lost weight yeah but where are you now a year later back in the Mm. same position if not heavier than you were and they're like then they think in their head the only way i ever lose weight is to go on a on one of these shake diets so that's what works for me. And it's like, it has not worked. The definition of a successful diet is maintenance. You can't maintain it. Yeah. Doesn't it impress me that you've lost 12 pounds in two weeks? Like, I couldn't give a shit. Can you maintain that? No. Exactly. My, my best friend, we went, he, he's, he had quite a stressful year and he's put on about four stone. And we were talking about it. We went on like a little active holiday in Cornwall and he was like kind of pissed off that some of the stuff we did, he felt for the first time in his life, he was like, I physically I couldn't keep up with you properly. And so I said to him, well, let's just, let's get going on it, man. Let's, let's do it. And for the, for the week, he actually ate what I was eating. Um, Cause I was on quite high calories at that on that holiday and I showed him how much and how what a varied diet you can eat without consuming 
all of those those you know bad calories and he's been on a calorie deficit now for six weeks he's just lost lost over a stone but the thing is that he's he's not just on a calorie deficit diet he's not doing atkins he's like got right into it and he's like oh i'm having this and that and i measure everything and uh, and he's enjoying the, the puzzle pieces of putting that together and seeing how his body feels and that's the difference yeah yeah I think that it's a it's so important to know that it's not just the calorie deficit and how you're creating that. Mm. I've I've been speaking about this study all week, so I just like I am a big proponent of food volume when you're dieting. So loads of veg, like I don't know, just anything that can add volume to your plate, especially if you're a woman and you're dieting on quite low calories. And I found this study, and it was showing that people will eat the same weight of food no matter what the calories in the food is so if you had like you would eat the same weight in like high fatty foods as you would in Mm. like quote-unquote healthy foods or like lower calorie foods so even if you just looked at and and i'm talking about eating to satiety so it's ad lib like you can eat as much as you want like this is just like natural living conditions well not quite because it was a study but similar as you can get and people would yeah again eat the same weight in food which means if you're eating the same weight in a load of veg and chicken as you are in like pastries, then obviously the pastries are going to weigh more. So it's your food choices matter hugely. And I think a lot of people forget that, yeah, it's a calorie deficit, but the way that you create that calorie deficit is what's going to make it easier or harder to stick to. Mm. That is really the key. That, that is. And it's like, yeah, you see someone eating a bowl of salad leaves and you're like, uh you can just like you, you can just make better decisions if you learn a little bit more just a mm. little bit more cornflakes were my absolute like oh i'm really hungry protein shake and cornflakes at the beginning when i didn't actually know anything about food at all really and i i've, I've always been quite a food weigher i go with the servings on stuff mm. because i'm an avid my fitness power but even if you just make changes like like if you kind of really think about the weight of the food as well and just go off that and change your choices so another part of that study was they gave people so you could either eat a salad like additionally to your main meal or not have a salad and the people who had a salad before like as a starter ate less in their main and they ate less calories overall even though you like you think you're eating more but you're eating less. It's like little tricks you can almost play on yourself if you know how Mm. your body's going to respond. So that's quite interesting. I do that. What, have like a little pre-game salad? A little pre-game salad. I mean, I don't believe in soup, so... You don't don't believe believe in soup? Why? It's just not a thing. (laughs) I just don't believe in soup. What about pistachio? No, I just... No, even more so. Yeah, I know. I do think, like, why cold soup? I just think, why any soup? Guys, like, what? No, I just, no. What, so even in the winter, you're not going to be like, oh, just want to... Even in the winter, no. (laughs) I love ramen, like, if it's got something in it. Yeah. Or big, just... uh, Oh, do you know why I don't like that? Because people slurp it, and it's disgusting. Like, (laughs) nah. I really hate slurping I really do okay well that has been an absolute pleasure in fact I've tried, to link, I've tried to link to your app 50 times and you've not you've not told me about it so <laughs> I'm not the best world's best plugger <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll link you in or you can tell, link me. tell me all about it fully rewired was an idea that I was like I changed my life in quite a quick like period of time um I went from like not running at all to running a 10k in two and a half weeks and then after that like doubled or 20k in like six weeks and then got myself a calf injury because I was watching full films while skipping in my bedroom (laughs) like uh there were times where I was eating 1200 calories a day and I was exercising a lot and I could barely keep my eyes open and I wasn't sleeping and I couldn't work out why um but I was losing weight so I was like oh this is working but like I feel like shit 
and so then I started learning about food and diet and and all these bits and pieces and I look back on what I did and I was like it worked but holy shit I could have really hurt my like organ for life um and parts of my body for life so it's fully rewired is kind of about like being better stop talking absolute nonsense to yourself like I've done my entire life just stop lying and so like I'd be like oh these diets don't work for me yeah we'll stop eating six bags of crisps because I know you because I'm you um it's about like we say walk your invisible dog if you haven't got a dog like wake up in the morning the first thing you do you can't just let the dog out in the garden you have to walk the dog around your block you know just, just walk the dog and I said for for a little bit of summit just some squats on the way as if you're picking up dog poo just for fun oh good yeah and there's just it's just about getting out like ch- changing the things that you don't like about yourself and there's like interactive AMRAP sessions where I, I do a full like six minute AMRAP and you've got to see if you can beat me uh, which you will for anyone listening because uh, <laughs> I suck do you know the bit I liked is when you're like yeah so you, will you be like in the people's ears as they run yeah I was listening to one of the mp3s this morning because I was just like checking them they're to horrible like uh catalogue gym music unfortunately but um I'm like yeah right so your first run is gonna be I think the first one is seven minutes and it's a collection of jogging and running but I'm there and I'm in your ears and I'm like don't stop I'm behind you I'm literally behind you don't turn around don't you dare turn around I can see you (laughs) okay that's creepy but I think it would work (laughs) I've got a knife keep running no it's not really (laughs) but it's just like uh, it's there's an interactive part of it as well where you can talk to other people who are who are doing the program but it's all of the exercises you don't need equipment and sort of from a nutritional perspective it's not all done by me because obviously I was doing really stupid things we devised this sort of plan that's a guideline it's not I'm not telling you what to eat it's just like explaining macronutrients to you and explaining that you know overeating is like having an over full tank of petrol under eating is like having a, a tank of petrol with no fuel in it and then you're happily in the middle and you keep topping it up it's just explaining it because yeah. they should fucking explain it at school for fuck's sake I know yeah but it, it is weird because, like, I think even kids understand it to some extent. It's like, if you asked a kid, like, how do you lose weight? They'd be like, oh, you need to eat less and move more. Like, most people yeah. sort of know. But, yeah, it's not, it's not like, implemented in the right ways. And then also, the, like, I spoke about this yesterday on a podcast, but I don't, like, there's a line, isn't there? Because you want to explain it and you want kids to understand about healthy choices and things. But then even that is worrying in itself like do you want to label foods as healthy and unhealthy does that give people like a I don't know like I I think everybody needs to learn about balance more but that's the only thing because like you'll see a poster where where it has a chocolate muffin and then it's like you have to run for an hour like fuck off yeah you don't like no one says as well they're like oh you need to stay alive for two hours to burn that off like you burn calories doing nothing just to keep yourself alive exactly nobody explains about your like just the the calories that you burn by just being alive so like when you're on a diet you're like oh i can only have this many calories because no one's explained to you that you know like when my best friend started this diet thing he's like i'm i want to go on this many calories i was like josh your expenditure just from being alive is 1800 man mm. don't do that don't do it the great and thing so about being quite overweight as well is that your basal metabolic rate is quite high so you don't need to drop that low initially yeah he's it's like it's just, uh, there's a lot there's a lot that that should be changed about learning about food yeah and like they should I am. I don't know about this because it's very controversial. Everybody's like up in arms about it. Put those fucking calories on those meals, on those on those fucking menus, please. Yeah, I've been going three times this week. I've been to this restaurant in Brighton because it's got the macros. On, it's got the macros on the menu. 
it's good yeah i think it's good for like it's obviously it's helpful for people dieting but it's really just good for awareness as well and i think the main argument against it was that like people who suffer with eating disorders that could be like a trigger for them but the two counter arguments to that which are huge is that number one people with eating disorders already know like you think they Mm. don't know how many calories are in something they know better than anyone like they Mm -hmm. they will be obsessing over that already so it being there I don't think is gonna add more stress to that like I think that's already something ingrained and the second thing and this is probably more like potentially more controversial but and not just in this stance but with a lot of things that like we're so pc about everything now and oh this might trigger someone who has this condition or this isn't fair to somebody that and sometimes it's about like like dealing with your issues yourself enough so that like life doesn't trigger you like if something triggers you, so with look, you like look inside yourself and figure out what you need to change so that it's like you saying do you know what's really unhelpful that other people drink alcohol and that's quite triggering for alcoholics so if we could just all stop like no you have to deal with the fact that you're not my friends will be like are you all right with me drinking around you and stuff and that's a lovely question because it's like for them caring and i'm like dude i have a problem with alcohol you don't i'm envious that you, you that you're having a drink i'm like watch you live vicariously through you drinking your alcohol thanks mate and then the other argument is is that if there had been calories on the menus the whole throughout the whole period of life, potentially there would be less uh, eating disorders because we, if we learned more about food and what was in our food from an earlier age, there wouldn't be this, uh, the, the diet culture wouldn't be so insidious and so um, like poisonous because we'd know. Mm. And it maybe wouldn't be labelled so much as good and bad, but like you're saying, there'd be balance. So you can have, maybe it'd be like, you can have more of this and less of this, but you can mm. still have this. It's not bad. It's just, it has some more energy in it. I literally sacrificed my dinner the other day. Two nights ago, I went to the cinema and I had a family packed, literally a big family Are you sure you want to tell me this? Sweet. Yeah, I did. Oh, listen, I stayed in my macros. <laughs> I stayed, I stayed in my macros. I ate clean the entire day and then had 700 calories left. And I sorted all my macros so that I could have my peanut-based um, family bag of treats. Mm, was it M&M's? Why are you not naming them? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. No, yeah. I don't even know. Peanut M&M's. But yeah, it's like, no, I'm, I'm not affiliated with another peanut brand. <laughs> there isn't any they've got the whole market but that's the thing is like actually uh i'm like quite strict with what i eat and i make it work if i want to eat loads of whatever i want to eat actually in some days i'll just be like i'm eating whatever the fuck i want all right death row meal (sighs) this changes because i just go to a world buffet you can't be like <laughs> yes i'd like to attend the world buffet for my last meal no you have to choose uh, uh it would be between oysters scottish really oysters. what you like the taste yeah. yes okay. no i just wanted to make my death row moment even worse <laughs> Well, I thought you might be like, well, I want to make it as expensive as possible for whoever's paying. Oh, no, I love, I love oysters. I love all seafood. Or it would be uh, fried chicken on pancakes, like American pancakes with maple syrup. And um, actually, do you know what? I just eat a load of dairy because I'm lactose intolerant. (laughs) I'd be like, this is, oh yeah. I'd eat all the cream in the world. And then I'd be like, ah, quick, kill me quick before yeah. it, before it hurts all right yeah do you miss dairy i miss certain i miss not i miss being able to eat things without thinking is this gonna send me into yeah. like despair because like last night when my pain started i was like i, li- I literally was like i can't do this i can't do this i, I cannot it oh. is it it's like having a belly full of rats that are trying to eat their way out of my belly button 
oh. with their scratchy claws and mouth. That is honestly the only way. And when it starts, I just I just think I'd rather be dead. That's what, like that reminds me of how I feel like when I know that a migraine is coming on. I'm like, because you know that the next like 12 hours are going to be hell, like absolute hell. Yeah. And there's nothing you can like, I mean, you've eaten the dairy and the migraines come in. Like there's not really anything you can do about it. You're just like waiting for hell. I called someone. I like don't smoke weed or anything. I'm like, I'm clean. I don't I've never smoked weed anyway because it sucks. But um, for me, I'm a psycho. Uh, I was like, I called someone. I was like, had get, last time it happened, I was like, can you get me any weed or something? I just like, I, like, I need to just not be in this pain. I was like completely naked on the bathroom floor, like dry, <laughs> retching, crying, oh. crying. Yeah. yeah, that reminds me of a migraine. I once had um, the doctor come out and inject me in the ass with like anti-sickness because they thought I was like initially the paramedics came because they thought I was having a stroke. That's how bad it was. Like my tongue went numb. Like I couldn't feel my arms because they went completely numb. And they were like, yeah, they oh thought I was having a stroke. God. And then like, it's so bad when you're like, there's nothing left in you. Anyway, she gave me a yeah. sickness injection. And it, was, it was kind of all right after that. But it's so Did bad. Did it work? Yeah, the injection works. You should get. You should uh, stock up on that. I'm just. I just think like I'm like morphine or like a really strong sleeping pill or something. Yeah, anything. Anyway, that's my friend. My friend gave my friend had a leg amputated and she gave me some liquid morphine that you can drink. Because I I I said I had a headache. She had a leg amputated. She got cancer like everywhere. Oh god. And um, she got it in her femur, and they were like, "We need to get your fucking leg off now." And she's a really keen footballer, but um, she's very funny too. She's like, "You got a bit of a headache?" She's like, "Here, have this bottle." And I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, that's a great feeling. I just had quite a lot of morphine after my back surgery, and it was great. Mm. I was like, "Oh my god, it's worked, and it's totally fine." Do you know what? I will say that the one thing the doctor did, which I well, the surgeon did, which I was like, this is like really the, the sort of cheating advertising. But basically he, he was like, do you mind if I take a video of you after surgery just to show people, whatever? And I was like, yeah, all right. Like not exactly camera shy. So yeah, fine. And so basically after surgery, two, about two hours after surgery, he comes around like I'm like off my tits. And he was like, can you stand up and walk? So I just like walked along. And then he asked me some questions. He's like, how long have you been in back pain? Bearing in mind, I walked into the surgery as well. Like I can walk. I just I, like I couldn't sit down. That was my problem. Um, and then he like had me walk, and he asked questions like, "Oh, can you, you know, like, how long have you been in pain?" And I was like, "I've had this problem for about a year." And he was like, "And now look at you walking." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm walking." He's like, "How long is it since you've had surgery?" And I was like, "Oh, like two hours." And he was like, "See, this is amazing." Whatever. And I was like you don't like you have me completely drugged up so I can't feel any pain walking around like taking video <laughs> it's so bad isn't it but then when I had my consultation with him he showed me some of his other patients with like doing these videos I was just thinking like that doesn't prove anything like get anyone on morphine and private too that's like yeah, I paid a fortune that's really naughty I know because what and also what are you trying to also did out? you sign anything what so that he could use it yeah no I don't because really. if you didn't if you didn't then especially <laughs> when you're back. fucking underdressed <laughs> no I was wearing stuff no underdress like under like you're like under oh, right. you're being oh, right. under the influence yeah yeah yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that was. Um... Can you? Can I take a naked video of you saying <laughs> how well your back is? <laughs> to be fair, I'd probably be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Fight. Yeah, is it for the gram? Why, why not? I don't really care. Um. Okay. Yes, well, it was lovely chatting. That was a pleasure. Thank you. Do you think? Uh, do you think there's any content in there? Um. We'll soon see. We'll wait for the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you just I'm... put it out as is. Yeah, it's unedited, unless you want me to edit anything out. I think so. All right. Yours is the first I've ever said that I had a girlfriend on. <laughs> <laughs>
watch it like as in ever or this current girlfriend this girlfriend yes wow her her podcast mentioned debut i hope she listens well i'm sure she will not she doesn't really give a shit about anything that i do i'm sure she will not (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't care she doesn't want anything from me apart from my booty I quite like that in a partner though that has not that like someone who doesn't care about what you do but like has their own shit going on oh she she totally has it's the best thing in the world and like if I was to sing a lyric for one of my songs she'd be like I don't know that's nice love (laughs) she would just be like oh cool but it's good right okay goodbye